Yeah, whenever you get equipment that has its own steps to get up into it, yeah, you right. know that, you know, when built-in steps come included, you know that it's a big piece of equipment. Oh, yeah, um, for sure. So outside of, you know, loving big Caterpillar uh, stuff, what made you get into kind of the civil contracting world and decide to go from a, a GC or being on that side of the fence into, um, you know, running your own company and, and being a civil contractor? So I, it kind of goes back to, you know, like my internship process. I went to UTSA in San Antonio, construction management. Uh, interned with a company, you know, right out of school and just kind of stayed throughout my entire early career with them and had a great experience, learned so much about starting a job, finishing a job, all the details, the nuts and bolts of building these commercial buildings um, in in a, you know, in a fast paced environment like Central Texas is. And, but I was always the guy that I'd be, I'd be, you know, doing punch lists on the third floor or doing an above ceiling walk or, and I'd look down and there'd be a blade crew finishing a parking lot or, you know, the low boys coming in and dropping off a a D8 or something on a job. And, you know, I was, I was always, you know, if, if I had to stay late, you know, for a tile guy, I'd, I'd be in somebody's dozer, you know grooming a stockpile or, or doing something like that on the job that I probably wasn't supposed to be. But um, I've always had an interest in it. And there's so many really good site contractors in San Antonio, Austin region that it's it's hard to say, hey, I'm just going to go try to compete and with all these really good subs. But it was like, we're going to try to start something that services, that really services what the general contractor needs. And so that was, that's been the goal from day one. Um, I left, I left, um, you know, a steady and a really good career with a general contractor and bought a skid steer and went land clearing and had a blast doing it. And that just kind of, it, it, I did that for, for about a year and it led us back into wanting to be kind of not so much on the GC side, but how do we help these guys? Like there's always a little bit of sidewalk grading at the end. There's always a, a bust with landscape and things like things like that on these small, on these jobs that would come up and it's like, well, who's going to do that? And so we, we really tried to approach subcontracting with, the with what a general contractor needs and wants on their job to get it finished that's that's an interesting way to go about it and and you're right um you know you get those kind of odds and ends if you will at the end that you know our earth is done and gone and a lot of times we've we already paid them their retention at that point too but we always sit there kind of scratching our heads like well all right I guess we can bring our own skid steer and a, and a shovel and a rake and, and finish this up. But um, there's never really anyone on the, on the sub side to handle that for us. So is that like, is that what you are specializing in is kind of that end of the, end of the road, end of the project cycle kind of miscellaneous, or are you taking it on full scale? We had some early projects where it was like, Hey, come in and, and help us finish this, these projects out. But now 
now I'd say we're, we're a, a full turnkey commercial site contractor. Um, but the way we approach the project is it's not, hey, let's come in, get your building pad done and leave and then fight the entire job to come back. It's let's get this entire thing cut. Let's get the pads done and let's prepare for six months from now when it is time to come back and do some grading that a lot of this stuff's done and we're not having to bring back tons of equipment and, and really really thinking through the entire site not just like the traditional hey let's get your pads done in a couple of weeks and and move on to the, the next one it's a great way to look at it because it, it it always happens that way right where the the earth worker will get the pad done and then he splits and then, you know, we're putting in underground plumbing and we're putting in underground electrical and all the, all the stuff that goes in and now the pad's gone to shit and, you know, they don't want to come back and, and rightfully so. I mean, if you, if, if you guys demobilize and move all your stuff out, there's, there's fees involved in that, obviously, and moving that, that heavy iron. Um, but to have somebody on my team like that, it, it's, it's huge for us. And we, we have a couple of guys now that we work with that do just that and they understand the game a little bit more from the GC side, but I got to imagine, you know, having the background in, in general contracting that you get it probably better than almost anybody. It's, it's been a, I would say it's an advantage because it's, we look at it from a different approach. I mean, a lot of our, a lot of other contractors in town, they're, they're large scale, high, high production. And, and they're, they're moving, you know, a hundred miles an hour. We're smaller we're 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 smaller we're value driven we don't have all all of our guys that we that we've brought on to our team a lot of them are ex-general contractor employees and 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 or or just haven't you know this is their first construction job and so we're we're relying on on technology to to meet production with our equipment but we're also looking at at everything almost from a superintendent standpoint on the job. And so it's been an advantage because we're able to get through jobs, you know, accurately and, and quickly, but we're also, we're not leaving behind, uh, you know, um, a, a tons of additional work that's gonna have to be done at the end of the job. And so it's just a different, it's kind of a different approach to it um and it's it's a lot of value driven but it it's it's been it's been great it's it's been great we've had a lot of really good relationships with new customers because we we approach the projects in that that way it's a great way to do it i mean and it's and it is it's atypical right you know you said it but it's atypical for the earthwork contractor to have that mentality we see that a lot with our carpenters you know, some, a lot of our carpenters were superintendents in previous lives. So they kind of seem to get that naturally and have that kind of full project mindset. But to have you guys with that is, is great because you're the first ones there, right? And you're, you're setting up that project for success or, or not down the road. And if you have that mindset of, of full project scope mentality, it, it can only help things. So I, I certainly can appreciate what you're doing. And I mean, maybe going back a little bit is when you were, you know, superintendent over the, the 10 years that you were there while and working with a, a GC is 
what were maybe some of the things that you saw in the general contracting world that you wish would have happened that would have made your life easier? And this, this, you know, maybe it was in the, the dirt world, but maybe it was some of the other trips. What were some of the things that you saw that you wish, you know, maybe could have been done better or really just plagued you <laughs> on projects? Um, I, I think the biggest thing from a superintendent standpoint is you want subs on the job that are engaged in the job. You want to be able to, if, as a as a superintendent or project manager, you want to be able to walk up to your subs foreman and, and know that he is engaged in your project. Okay, if it, it, and really you want to be able to walk up to anybody on the job and and for them to know, hey, what's going on? Where are we at on grade? Where are we at on this, on that, and and. And you really, and, and most of the time, unfortunately, with our trip, with our subs is everybody is so busy. They're on 50 different projects and you have, you have subs that show up to the job and they say, Hey Matt, what do you want me to do today? I'm here. And, and so that used to just drive me crazy in the GC world is like you, you have subs, you have, you have great subs and it's like, okay, but we're, we're directing them on on you know what tasks to do all day long rather than hey let's show up let's get a plan together and let's execute on this plan and and you want buy-in and engagement from your from the entire subcontracting team on that job and so like with my guys and and with some of the other site subs that are contractors in town that we were doing this with is like hey let's get everybody on the same page okay if you're a laborer and you're are running a roller and a superintendent walks up to you and says, Hey, what are you guys doing? It's like, Hey, we're two tenths off from finishing this pad. Or, you know, everybody on the job needs to know what's going on on the job. And so in a perfect contracting construction world, then is if I was back on the GC side, that's, that's what I would want. And Matt, I'm sure you're the same. You feel the same way. 150% man. It, that's, it's that team-based mentality. We, we talk about it here a ton. Um, we approach it that way in, in our company and, and we tried to do that because it, you said it and I was laughing, you know, like the worst thing in the world is, and it's not so much with me anymore, but now my guys, if they show up and, you know, the electrician's laborer is looking for them to try and figure out what the hell they're supposed to be doing on a given right. Wednesday, it's like, come on, man, what your efficiency is out the window at that point. So uh, I'm with you on all that. Um, Joseph, let's, let's kind of dig into the, the meat and potatoes here. Cause I got to ask, you know, it's not a, it's not necessarily a normal path going from the general contractor to a subcontractor. Um, and that's a good thing, but there are very definite differences in, in between the two, between the, the GC and the sub and how they operate and, and relationships. So how has that been for you to kind of navigate, kind of crossing over that, that bridge, if you will, into the, the subcontractor realm from the GC side. It's, it's not at all what I expected. I thought, I thought that we would be able to go into this and just automatically have it under control, you know, coming, coming into this side, it's, it's, it's difficult because especially in San Antonio and South Texas market, central Texas market, there's so many good subs. There's so many good site work subs 
um, big family companies, multi-generational. I'm not a dirt guy. I, I love heavy equipment. I love civil. I love, I love building a team. Um, you know, going back all through college and high school, all I wanted to do was be a used car salesman. Cause that's, that's what my family did. Um, my, my, my dad's a multi-generational car, car dealer, very successful car dealer. And I thought that was going to be my path. And, um, so coming into construction in general, it's, I'm, I don't have the same, our, our company isn't set up the same as some of the, of our competitors. I mean, um, again, we have very, very good, very good site contractors in South Texas. And, um, so it's very hard to compete with them. Um, but mostly being, being a, what's so different about coming to this is that we're, we're, I'm so used to being involved in the, from the very beginning, or you're involved with, with working with an owner or an AE team, and then now switching to, oh, we're working directly for a, 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 con, a GC, dealing with their superintendents when we were, when some of us used to be superintendents. It's, it's just, it's so different. It's so different, but it's, it's a blast though. So, I mean, in that, like, I can see how, because again, coming from the engineering side, right, we always led projects. We were always the one leading the, the design, the intent, the, we lead everything, right? Choosing fixtures, choosing everything about that project, being on the AE team. So, I mean, how do you, how do you kind of lead while you're being led at the same time? Right. I think that's that's the ultimate question. And for a lot of the subcontractors, right, it's it's leading your own team. But at the same time, you're being led by the, the GC or the design team or working with the civil engineer. Um, kind of how is that dynamic or how have you found best to navigate it might be the, the better question there in kind of that relationship where you got to lead your team, but you're also being led, you know, by the, the GC, the engineers, the owner, you know, and for like the engineering team, we were just really led by the owner and our own, like the code and right. kind of general practices. Um, but where you have, you know, here's, here's a set of drawings and um, let's go. How have you found best to kind of navigate in that dynamic? I think, I think it's definitely a, an alignment. It's an alignment issue. If, if you, and we're lucky that we're the first ones on site. And so it, it really comes to, you know, the GC has, they have a plan going into it for the most part. And, and then we have a plan of how, of how we, you know, think it's going to be most efficient or fastest way for us to, to get through the work, the work itself. And 99% of the time our plans align. If you really think about it. I mean, so if, if we show up on Matt's job, Matt already has a plan. He has a flow for the job. Hey, we're going to build it this way. We're going to work out of this corner. However, 99% of the time, our plan is going to align with that too. And, and if it's, and if it doesn't, but it's 80% and the same, then, then we obviously we're going to go as directed with, with the GC. And so the biggest thing is, especially with our team is, Hey guys, look, we are, we are working for this contractor. They want us out of here as bad as we want to get get through this because they want the next guy to start so we need to follow their plan and and just hit hit production and hit um 
you know, milestones to get to get through the work. But it really it's 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 communication and alignment and 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 really just setting the ego, leaving it in the truck and and going to to approach with that project team and and say, hey, guys, look, you know, we're we're on your team. We're here to help. And, and let's win, let's get this done. And it fits everybody on the site that way better, right? Cause it's, everybody wants to be in and out as quickly and efficiently as they possibly can from start to finish. Cause yep, we all make more money, right? If <laughs> at the end of the day, we all make a lot more money if we're, we're in and out of there and we can wrap things up, get it done correctly, right? But get it done and get the hell out and move on to the next one. And, you know, to have, that kind of symbiotic relationship always, always functioning in the foreground on a job site is great because, you know, I, my guys in the field, my superintendents are, are experts at what they do. Right. But they're not earth workers. And so we're going to rely very heavily on, on guys like you to come in on, on day one or, or preferably like a few days before day one and like work out this plan and say, you know, if, if my superintendent wants to start in the Northeast corner and, and you're like, yeah, we could do that. But if we start in the, the Southwest corner, we have this, this, and this as a benefit, we're all going to listen and, and everybody's going to be better for it. And then the project just starts off such in such a better and more organized fashion than if, you know, we have the superintendent who's out there with his bullhorn barking orders and, and won't listen to anybody or, or the earth worker who's like, ah, F you guys. I, you know, I've been pushing dirt for 30 years. I'm not going to, I'm not going to hear this compromise thing. You, you got to meet exactly. in the middle. Exactly. And that I, in the past 10 years, you can see the industry changing from that. Yeah. You know, it's like, guys, we're all in this together. Let's, let's get it done. And you know, it's, it's, it's almost like the arg, the big argument over layout, you know, on a job. <laughs> And it's like, look, we're all going to use this point here. Let's go. And so, but that's, that's definitely the biggest thing is like, Hey, you guys have a plan. We have a plan. The concrete guy has a plan and nine and you know, 80, 90%, they're always, they're always pretty much the same. You know, it's just setting that ego aside and, 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 you know, coordinating and, and working together on these things. So let, let me ask you what um, coming from a GC what can we do better for you guys as, as subs? And then I'm going to flip it too. And, and now that you've seen both sides, what can you as subs do better for us? How, how do we make it a better place to be? From a GC side, I'm going to say they're both the same. It's communication from a GC side and from, from the sub. The sub is, it's communication and engagement, 100%. Like we have to be engaged in your project from from every single person on the job you know like that that's 100 percent a subcontractor black eye is is you know we're gonna run 100 miles an hour we're gonna take on way too much work and then we're gonna should send one guy out there to do to to show face on a project that's that's the subcontractor issue but the gc side the biggest thing i see now coming from that and, and even back I'll look I'll look at situations that I've been in now as a sub and I'm like oh I didn't handle this right as a GC <laughs> either and so it's definitely the communication I mean 99% of the time G, you know the subs will come to the GC hey where do we start where what benchmark are we using when's the concrete guy coming 
Um, when's the utility guy coming? Who's hauling off the spoil? It's just being able to communicate with these with the contractor and having an open line and, and just engagement all around and a plan. And so I, I really think if 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 subs if subs work towards that and having 100% team engagement, GCs worked on on planning and communicating with their subs on the expectation and the intent, then I, I really think we could see a, a lot of a quicker and, and more progress on, on these complex projects. For sure, man. And I see it, I've seen it on our sites where, you know, the, at, the, at the ownership level, communication might be great, right? Like I may, if I set up a project myself, which doesn't happen very frequently anymore, but, you know, I might have this beautiful schedule worked out in my head or even on paper, and it'll go to the owner of the earthwork company or the owner of the electric, the electrician. Um, but it may not filter its way down to the guys who are actually on the field. So we've started really pushing to try and have, you know, uh, foreman meetings at the very least on a weekly basis where all the people who are actually doing the work, not, not the assholes who stay in the office, but the people who right. are actually on site get together at least once a week and hash everything out so that everybody knows from, you know, top to bottom, side to side in the, in the project, they all know where they're supposed to be and when. And it, it right. has made a definite difference on our job sites, just from an efficiency standpoint, from, from keeping guys from, from grumbling and getting pissed off. Because the worst thing ever is if you show up one day to, to grade my south parking lot and I've got the electrician camped out there setting up light pole bases. And, you know, you're like, well, what the hell do you want me to do now? You know, I, I right. just rolled all my equipment. So I, I 100% agree with you. If anything we can do to, to foster that, that teamwork communication is, is so helpful on a job site. 100%, 100%. It's, it's the communication, it's the plan. Um, it, the plans, it's just so critical. It's so critical. And then we have to do a better job too on our end is like, we have to train. We have to have, we, we've got to have the engagement and have, and have guys that are engaged. And, um, and it's been tricky even with us with, with being small and just with small, with two small crews, um, getting buy-in and getting engagement um, from the guys that are actually doing the work. Cause I mean, at the end of the day, the, somebody has to do the work. Yep. Well, and I want to cycle back a little bit to, you know, you mentioned in, in thinking holistically on the project, right? To making sure that all those uh, I's are dotted, T's are crossed, if you will, you know, on the project, right? Like the final touches to make sure that everything is, is as it should be. And to think about that from a, a GC perspective. Now, I guess my question is, in going into those projects, do you convey that to the GC up front that like, hey man, we're gonna we're gonna pull all of our stuff out, right? We've we've done all of our initial grading, all the everything is done. We're gonna come back in six months, let's say, and we'll be here with you know small pieces of equipment to to finalize it. Like, how does that conversation happen with you guys? You know, to kind of finish out a project. I mean, it's, it's communicated that, I mean, they're all, they're all kind of the same, honestly, Dylan. I mean, they're, it, it's, it's kind of like we, you know, what Matt was saying, they show up, we do the, the initial earthwork to start the building. Cause obviously buildings are critical path. Um, you know, we, but we, we look at, you know, landscape, we look at, you know, utility areas, we look at, 
thing, you know, the whole, the whole site to see what, what all can be touched while we're here in that kind of first big mobilization. And then there's, there's always stuff that comes up too, like, Hey, you know, a, there's a right of way that's available to be worked in or an entrance or, Hey, I need, you know, or construction entrance needs to be moved. And, and we're, we understand those things. And so like when a GC calls us, you know, three weeks after we mobilize and they need a skid steer crew there, like we understand. Cause we've, we've been there. I mean, I've made that phone call a hundred times and it's like, Hey, we really need this sidewalk, you know, graded for something from the owner or whatever. And I think just being, being flexible with that as a sub has really helped has really helped because the the contractors and our customers they remember that if you if you blow them off or oh we're not going to come fix the sidewalk for you and we'll see you in six months you know that they can remember that you know going forward and so it's it's just trying to build a long-lasting relationship with our with our customers and and you know obviously like we can't give away everything. We can't just stay on site with the electricians <laughs> for the entire job. But um, but we, we do our best to accommodate and, and really be flexible when things like that pop up. Because, I mean, it happens to all of us, for sure. And that's the key, man. It's it's so much more than building buildings. It's, it's building relationships, right? Because this isn't going to be the last project we're going to work on. And hopefully we're going to work on it, you know, theoretically together on the next one and the next one and the next one. And, you know, if right, wrong, or indifferent, if, if I call you to, cause I need the sidewalk graded and you blow me off, I'm going to get it done. Right. I can't stop. I can't just halt production. Right. So either I'm going to rent a machine and do it myself or one of my guys, or we're going to find someone who can do it. And then, you know, it just, it just gets ugly and, and it certainly doesn't breed any goodwill, you know, that that's for sure. So, and, but it goes, it goes both ways, right. We got to make sure that guys are out of your way and that we're not, you know, mowing down all your, your, uh, your stakes and your, your waypoints every time you leave the job site. So it, it, it definitely goes both ways. One of, uh, I heard a saying partnership over price a couple months ago, I saw it on LinkedIn and I, I love that. I've got it written in my office and I mean, we pay more, we've, we've paid more in fuel to, because we have a great relationship with our fuel supplier. We pay more for our equipment over over other brands because they've taken such good care it's about that it's about the relationship and in the you know the gcs that are that just take low bid low bid low bid on everything i mean it, it always ends up there always ends up being problems or we you know or, or some some scope issue and um it just goes back to that i'm i'm 100 bought in on the partnership concept a hundred percent. I mean, it, it may not be the right way, um, but but I'll always I'll, I, I'm always going to go back to that. To no, that I I would jump in and say it is the right way, man. It is a hundred percent the right way because <laughs> that's how this all works, right? We're all in the same damn team, and the the low bid, the hard bid nonsense of of you know a decade ago is what has given the industry, frankly, a bad name in general, because right. that fosters the, the nonsense relation or the, the bullshit animosity and, and lack of relationships. Right. And we were just talking uh, earlier with, with Scott, you know, the, the guys that come out and want to make their whole profit and change orders, those days are gone. That is not how the industry keeps moving and keeps growing. It just, it isn't, right. you know, financing is so much different 
projects are so much different and, and, and people have just advanced past that point. And, and we got to keep thumping that drum that it is partnership over price, right? You got to be fair, but, but everybody's got to be fair. The GCs, the subs, the owners, everybody's got to make a living. We're not out here doing it just because we love the industry, right? We all love the industry in some respect, but we all got to make money. That's why we're here. And right. if everybody just starts being fair and realizes that we're all at the same table, it's not this dictatorship, you know, led by the architect or, or by the GC or by the owner. It's, it's, it's a, it's a big ass table and we're all sitting at it. We, we, right. That's how we keep moving this industry forward in, in my mind anyways. I agree a hundred percent. I think, you know, if, if we could get away from that and, you know, have, a, have subs that are best value, go to, go to a best value system and, and really find engagement in the jobs. I mean, I think, I think it'd be, it'd be all around savings for everybody, you know, especially the owners. Cause at the end of the day, they're, they're the, the ones that end up with the product. Yeah. Yeah. I had this, um, conversation with somebody is you know so the the whole kind of stigma of the industry right that they think that they're getting taken advantage of or what have you right that it's not fair and I'm like but is it like really like I've never been on a project that somebody's really screwed somebody else you know in it right on price on you know now there might've been some issues, right? Somebody didn't perform. I've seen that, but as far as like them taking advantage of the contractors, like way inflating their price or like somebody's really taking advantage of somebody. I've never seen it happen on any project that I've been a part of. Like I've really never seen it. You know, I've had contractors not perform and we kick them off, but like, right. I've never, I've never seen anybody like just screw somebody out of, you know, vindictive or being mean or, or whatever, or greed, whatever you want to say of it. And I think like the stigma and in, in the industry has been such that like, you know, somebody's taking advantage of it and it, it's just, I've never seen it. It's, you know, everybody's given a fair price. They probably don't even charge enough for what they're doing. And, you know, like, again, I get that I'm a young guy in this, but I grew up, you know, rural communities and a handshake meant a lot, right? Your word meant a lot. And, and on job sites, that is still a lot the case, right? You see something, you know, to somebody or you, to, you kind of horse trade through a project, um, you know, that, that still goes on a lot. And I think that for, for all the young guys out there, you got to like understand how that works, right? That, that you do what you say, that you're willing to trade, you're willing to be fair on a project, and that through this process, you're going to build a partnership because, you know, as an engineer, that's probably not the last time I'm going to work with that contractor. Same with you guys, right? As right. a sub, that's probably not the last time you're going to work with any of the other subs on that job, let alone the GC, you know, hopefully on many more projects to come. And I think we, we often forget about that. You know, we think about it in terms of this job right now, I'm going to get my way uh, with severe consequences down the road for really just treating people badly. And so, um, you know, for sure, I, I really haven't seen people try to take advantage on projects. So I think that stigma needs to go away, you know, like the dirty contractor trying to right. screw people. But also, like, it's to remember that partnerships, doing the right thing, all of that will always pay. 
and it might not pay significantly on the job that you're on, but long-term, right? And you guys, we've all been in the industry long enough to where long-term it comes back in some way, shape or form, always. Yeah, 100%. I would jump in though, and I have seen that shit. And, and frankly, there's, there's competitors of mine in my same damn town that still do that shit where the GC will go in, they'll win a job by being artificially low to swindle over the owner. And then they literally beat the shit out of every subcontractor that they can convince to come in and work with them. And you know what? It makes my job a hell of a lot easier because when those subs come to work for me, they're like, holy shit, there is a different, it's like showing them the light. Right. And you know, those guys, they're, they're working themselves out of the industry. And I say, keep, keep doing it, buddy. You keep rolling. Cause <laughs> and maybe that's, right. that's more my point. Right. And again, being, being the architects engineer, like we just didn't see it. We didn't see that side. I never saw that side of the table and not to say that it doesn't exist. It's just on all the jobs that I've been a part of, I really didn't see that come through again, where some people just bad at their job. Yes. One, you know, there, were, there were some people that were bad, but like, I think out of maliciousness, I really never saw it. But again, I wasn't in those rooms having those conversations. Sure. sure. Right. Right. And I don't the, I mean, Joseph, what, yeah, what's your experience, man? I, it, it's like what you said, Dylan, it's, it's performance. I mean, I've, I have never in, in all the jobs I've been on of this GC and the sub side, when a sub comes in, and is engaged and performs and executes their scope of work and and sets it up for the next guy it's very 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 rare that there's been issues um it's it's the lack of engagement you know it's the not having the right plan not have not having plan you know i, I mean i remember the days of you know of someone would get into a job and they're, they're not even working off the right set of plans <laughs> or, or, you know, vice versa. Madam, sure you've seen that too, or, or, Hey, we're, you know, it's in, and it's just, it, it goes back to performance. I think if subs, if, if we could have a, a you know, we, we want to try to be high, you know, high performance, high accuracy subs, you know, subcontractors and tradesmen. And, and you see it, um, you know, it's, 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 how do we, how do we, spread that to the entire community is is high engagement high, and, and high performance contracting really well That's perfectly said yeah i was gonna say joseph you're, you're welcome on my job site any day man <laughs> hey we travel <laughs> That's a run, though, to michigan hey um see if the board want to go up there I, I do have a question though kind of about that just out of my own curiosity you know geographically speaking because of our climate um my earthworker specialty contractors, my, my buddies who own earthworking companies have a very hard time with finding qualified operators and keeping them because it's just matter fact of the, of the or nature of the beast rather where, you know, those guys can't work 12 months of the year because it, it's disgusting outside and it's frozen tundra. So they, they shut down, they have to do, you know, temporary layoffs, but down in your neck of the woods, at least, on a normal basis, it, it doesn't freeze over um, quite as much. So are, are you seeing labor issues or, or, or problems finding operators either, either for yourself or for the earthwork community in general? This, this is a really good question. 
the site the site work community in in our area is it, it's there's a there's a there's a lot of companies there's a lot of big companies and everybody's fighting over the same group of operators we have very very skilled highly skilled highly accurate operators in this town and everybody is fighting over the same group and me being a new the new, you know a new contractor i'm not going to be able to get any of those guys i mean we have there's blade men making making six figures on every corner of the street i mean it's it's very very competitive these guys are are highly skilled very very well paid operators it's a it's an incredible career and and that's that's a whole nother podcast topic is how do we spread that to the to the youth yeah but for, for me, what I've done is it's, it's literally been training it from day, from day one, we start, we'll bring it, we'll bring a kid in. I, I'm the oldest person in our company of eight. Um, most of our guys are new to the construction industry and we, we developed a training program amongst ourselves that we can get a guy with no operator experience get them in a skid steer and roller and and really teach them how to how to not so much how to operate because you can't you, you have to do it you know you can't you have you, you have to do it and but not so much teach them how to pull the levers and what to do but what how's this supposed to finish what are the details what what is this material supposed to look like mixed in its moisture content and and that process has been incredible because we have we and, and as they as they learn that machine and move into a different machine they their pay increases and so we've had got we've had a few guys now work through this system and i mean our finish our finished blade operators is 21 years old and granted we're using gps we have to i mean that's that's our advantage with this is we don't have a 30-year blade man on our team but we have these these kids out of high school and college that are engaged, they're aggressive, they're hungry, and we treat this we 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 treat going to work every day like like we're we're playing sports. You know, we're we're trying to we we set a, a list and we we set a goal for the day and we're able to take less experienced operators and put them on a track to where where we're actually we're, we're getting work done and and it's and it's helped us it's it's helped us be able to compete and not have to not have to fight and try to steal you know experienced operators from other companies so that's that's been that's been our process and um it's it's been very very hard we burn a ton of cash doing it um we've had some you know we've, we've lost some guys through it because it's not it's not traditional it's it's not the normal show up on a job and in five years we'll we'll move you to another machine it's it's very fast paced and it's it's worked for us though so um well my so my first thing is we need to have you back just to talk about this whole training program and like yes <laughs> bringing yes. people in because i mean i I have so many questions on this, but I think first and foremost is um, really just in the hiring piece is 
everybody's trying to go after the unicorn, right? That 30 year guy, right? And he's just not, yes. he's not moving unless you're going to pay him 20, 30, $40,000 more than he's making today. Right? right. They're not, they're not moving for, you know, a, two bucks an hour more, <laughs> you know, that's right. not <laughs> what they're going to move on. So one in, in that kudos to you in building a, tr- I think, the industry needs more of that. It brings in more talent, more people. You're adding to the talent pool of, you know, San Antonio, really the community of earth movers, of operators, like that, that in and of itself is, you know, a big hats off to you, man, and, and doing that, Joseph, because it, it does add to the talent pool. It's what we preach about here and bringing people in and training for that blue collar guy to, to have a career, have an opportunity. And, you know, they're well on their way to making six figures. So long as they stick with it, you know, they learn in and out, right. And then they can be able to, to operate any piece of equipment on that site. Um, so I don't really, I mean, I have so many questions in there that, <laughs> uh, <laughs> that really just kudos to you, man, like in, in building a training program. Um, and bringing, bringing young guys right out of high school or college onto to a job site, sticking them in the lab, with, obviously with training and OSHA certifications and all that stuff. But, right. um, you know, kudos to you, man. Yeah, I, I was going to gonna echo that, man. It's, it's really great to see guys like yourself kind of going outside the box, right? And, and you know, we, we talk a lot about, <clears throat> about innovation and technology on the show. And you're a great living example of that, right? If you, if you can't compete or you don't want to compete by the, the industry norm, break it, go break the model and, and rebuild it. And that's, it sounds like that's what you're doing and you're building the culture through it. You're building a team through it. And it's, you know, it's outside of the box, which is, is great to see it. It attracts more people because you're doing it. So keep it up, man. That's awesome to hear. No, I appreciate that. It's, it's tough. It's tough, but it's it's the only way because there's if you look at the industry as a whole, if you look on if, if you go on one of your jobs, your plumbers, they're in their 50s. They're, you know, they're like, you know, your, your skilled trades guys, the guys that have been there that have that have hung miles and miles of ductwork and, and all that They're Who's going to replace them? It's it's our job as as younger, younger contractors to to get the guys that weren't coming. You know, I have a, an example is one of our one of our loader operators. Um, when we first hired him, he wanted to go to the police academy, and and you know I said, hey, that's great. You can work here as long as as long as you want. You're a good kid, and and you know he came to us. And he's like, hey, I'm I'm just gonna stay here. This this is gonna be this this is what I want to do. <laughs> Hell yeah! And, and that feels that's that's a massive win for me. Yeah. You know, it's it's we're we're making an impact. We're trying to. And, and we're trying to get these kids that, that weren't coming, that we're trying to break that perception of, you know, oh, you're going to be in a ditch. And you know what? We are in the ditch a lot. I've been, in, I'm in the ditch a lot still, <laughs> you know, but it's, it's, it's how do we show the other side of it? I mean, you hop in one of these machines now, you know, it's got, you know, the other day I, I heard, you know, bass and, and rap music coming out of one of our machines. And I'm like, and, you know, I opened the door and he's like, oh, yeah, this thing has a really good system in it. It's comfortable. It's fun. And I was like, well, hey, give it hell. Let's go. Yeah. You know? So um, but but no, there we, we have to have we have to do something. We have to do something because, 
like I said, everybody's fighting over that, that super experienced 50, 50, 40, 50 year old man that they, that's a, that's a stud on the job, you know, that can, they can run everything that can lay out, they can do that. And, and there's just not, there's not many of them left and there's not many of them being replaced on the other end of the pond. And so we're, we have to, we have to make them. Uh, we, yeah. we should probably book your return show right now because <laughs> we, we could do an entire two hour special on just what you just said right there. And we, we talk about it a ton, man, but we have screwed ourselves as an industry, right? We, we've, we've stopped building our farm clubs and it yeah. is, it is past time that we start rebuilding those back up because of everything you just said. So I, I, we can't get into it now because we'll go down a rabbit hole that we may not come out of today, but yeah. <laughs> uh, we're on, we're on the same page, man. A hundred percent. Right. And I mean, there's, there's guys like, you know, Wits doing it, the guys from Moss Turner, you know, they're, they're doing it, but it's like, you know, they're doing it nationwide and that's awesome. Like I have huge respect for those guys. I mean, I wouldn't, you know, they, they influenced me when I was starting my deal and, but it's like, we, you know, we got to get after it at the local level too. And, and, you know, if I can get, you know, eight guys this year and 20 guys next year and 50 the following, and, and we, you know, we start, we can start training and building up and you know what I'd love, I'd love if, if, if we, a couple guys from us got poached at least to, to another company, at least we're, we're adding to the labor pool. Yeah. We're adding to the labor pool. And that, at the end of the day, that's, that's the win and that's the value that we need. It's, it's all about the skill, man. You can't take skills away. So right. yeah, the more we can add them, the, the better. Um, because we are up on time and again, you know, we'd love to have you back to talk more about training and, and this whole developing uh, blue collar badasses across the country. But Joseph, any, any final words for our listeners today? Um, guys, I, I appreciate you having me. Um, it's been fun. I love connecting with, with people around the country, um, kind of seeing the same things that we see. Um, really, if anything to the viewers, it's, um, you know, we got to get engaged. We got to have a plan. We got to execute at a high level and, um, and get out there and just kick some ass on these jobs. (laughs) That's, that's it. Well, you're, you're right on, man. Uh, and I appreciate you coming on. It was a fun conversation. Joseph, where, where can people find you? Um, social media, Virial Civil Group, LinkedIn, um, Joseph Virial there. Um, you know, I, I don't, I try, I try not to spend a ton of time on social media, uh, as we all do and, and fight that struggle. <laughs> but, um, you know, occasionally, you know, try to get on there as much as I can. Well, Post more pictures of your big equipment because that's a definite crowd pleaser. (laughs) (laughs) We'll do it. All right, man. I appreciate it, guys. Awesome. Joseph, thanks so much for coming on. You know, topics we covered today and and the communication between GC, sub, you know, having that communication, thinking holistically on a project, you know, training up the, the next generation. Um, and really just adding skills to the, the labor pool. Obviously, we have a lot more to talk about there. But, um, you know, keep at it, man. You're doing, you're doing great work, and we appreciate having you on. Thank you so much for taking the time. And, guys, that's going to be this episode of the Construction Corner Podcast. Until next time. <laughs>